0: Good morning, church. (laughs) I wanted to do that. Good morning to you Zoomers also. For those of you who may not know me, I am Bart Barton, one of the deacons. For those of you who do know me, I'm still Bart Barton, one of the deacons. I guess I should apologize up front. Um, this sermon is going to be shorter than what Pastor Ron usually does. I have to admit, I don't know how he does it every week, week after week. Uh, Lord gives me an idea for a sermon every once in a while and I let it ferment, mull it over and think about it for a couple weeks, couple months. Usually work at it on and off. and. Um, with a lot of prayer and a lot of editing, finally come up with something that uh, I hope I can stand up here and present to you and help me, to, and God will help me to get his message out to you. So here goes. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Thank you, Lord. Okay, the title of my sermon is What? Me Worry? Now, you all may recognize this guy, Um, Alfred E. Newman. He was the uh, what-me-worry kid from Mad Magazine. And I started reading Mad about 65 years ago and continued for 30 or so years. And um, Alfred was was the what-me-worry kid. But there's nothing funny about worry, is there? Do any of you worry? Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Has uh, worrying ever solved anything? Actually, most of the time, the things we worry about never materialize. And if they do, quite often they take care of themselves. And when they don't, we have to deal with them one way or another. But the act of worrying has absolutely no effect on the outcome. It only has an effect on us. I think worry is a tool that Satan uses to uh, attack us. Worry certainly distracts us. It can weaken our spirit. Worry can immobilize us. And when we worry, we distance ourselves from God. Think about that. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, one of my favorite verses, I pray it every single morning, reads, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. When we worry, are we not in a way leaning on our own understanding? Are we acknowledging God when we worry? ARE WE TRUSTING HIM WITH ALL OUR HEART WHEN WE WORRY? YEARS AGO I WAS IN A TRAINING SESSION, AND THE TRAINER TALKED ABOUT WORRY AND GUILT. HE SAID, THEY'RE TWO EQUALLY USELESS EMOTIONS. HE SAID, TRY THIS. WORRY ABOUT ALL THE THINGS YOU FEEL GUILTY ABOUT. NOW FEEL GUILTY ABOUT ALL THE THINGS YOU WORRY ABOUT any difference, doesn't change anything you've done, doesn't solve any problems you may be facing. Both are destructive in a way. They can sap your energy and your spirit. They can weaken you emotionally. I saw a meme on Facebook this past week that fits, worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. Well, let's look at what the Bible says about worry. Matthew 6:25 through 27 reads, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? I think time spent worrying actually detracts from our lives. That time is certainly not productive. Have you ever heard someone say they're worried sick about something? Worried sick is not just a catchphrase. It's a legitimate issue. Excessive and chronic stress can lead to physical problems, including high blood pressure, migraines, indigestion, asthma. In addition, worry is linked to development of several mental health conditions, like generalized anxiety disorder or agoraphobia, panic disorder, depression, Chronic worry and stress can play a massive role in your overall mental health and well-being. Generalized anxiety disorder, or GAD, G-A-D as it's known, is a prevalent worry and fear of everyday life. Constant concern is linked to GAD. Chronic worry usually starts over fretting with one or two important things, like work or money but then your thought patterns snowball and become all-encompassing. As a result, people with uh, general anxiety disorder are often in a constant state of worry. Depression is a mental health condition that can negatively affect how you feel about yourself and your environment. Some research suggests that stress can make the brain susceptible to depression. Consistent worry leads to neurodegenerative changes in the brain, leaving it vulnerable to depression, including in extreme cases, suicidal thoughts. And people with panic disorder have frequent and unexpected panic attacks. Worrying yourself sick can actually cause panic disorder to develop in some people. While panic disorder may not occur right away after a stressful event, it's not uncommon for symptoms to occur weeks after the experience. Sometimes panic disorder leads to other conditions, like agoraphobia, which is the fear of leaving the house. For example, when someone has a panic attack in a public space, they might start worrying that they're going to have another one and choose to stay at home. So what does the Bible say about worry? Matthew goes on to say in in chapter 6, 31 through 34, So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given unto you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So what causes us to worry? Isn't it really about fear? Fear about what may happen? Fear of the unknown or uncertainty? If we know what's going to happen, we can prepare ourselves for it. We can make an action plan. But the unknown, what can we do except worry? Well, fortunately, Paul has a plan for us. In Philippians 4, 6, and 7, Paul says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Let's break this down. There's a a lot in this. Be anxious for nothing. Well, anxious and worry are really synonyms. They both mean basically the same thing. So Paul is telling us not to worry about anything. Be anxious for nothing. We already know from Matthew that worry will not add a single hour to our lives. And from the medical community, we know that worry can cause many health problems. And next Paul says, but in everything. Now, that's pretty straightforward. Paul is not saying just the little things, or not just the big worries, but in everything, big or small. Everything covers all the bases. Work, part of everything. Money, part of everything. Kids or grandkids, part of everything. The future, part of everything. Health, the part of everything. Starting to get the picture? Paul says, in everything, and that covers everything. Then Paul says, by prayer and supplication. We all know what prayer is. But what does he mean by supplication? The Bible calls us to practice supplication rather than surrender to our anxiety and fear. Christians can use supplication as a means of praising God and casting. Worries upon him, releasing them from our hearts and minds. From its Latin translation of supplicare, meaning to plead humbly, supplication can also be summarized as a request to God. In our request or supplication, we must be wise and ask God for things that will truly enrich our lives, like wisdom, strength, health, and love. In Christianity, genuine supplication is an expression of authentic belief in God and trust in Him to answer our prayers. Now, the dictionary defines supplication as asking for something earnestly or humbly. Sometimes we don't ask in earnest, strongly, repetitively, and we don't always humble ourselves as we should. I think sometimes we look upon God as a magic genie, and if we rub the lamp just right, he'll grant our prayers. God doesn't work that way. In Luke 18, 1 through 8, Jesus tells his disciples the parable of the persistent widow. He says, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought, and there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust unjust judge says. Will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, he will find faith on earth. I was reminded of this parable towards the end of the COVID scare. My right knee was really bothering me. You all may remember. I was walking with a cane at times. I saw my doctor in June of that year. And he said it was bone on bone. I told him I didn't want to go in the hospital during COVID. And he said, well, when I couldn't bear it anymore to schedule surgery. Actually, Pastor Greg Laurie gave a sermon on the Persistent Widow on uh, Family Life Network radio that I heard. He talked about praying with persistence. Now, I realized I'd been praying to the Lord about my knee. But more or less, uh, briefly, Lord, help me with my knee, bring healing to my knee, and letting it go at that. I started praying persistently, earnestly, and humbly. I prayed to him three, four, five or more times a day to keep me walking. Prolonged my knee until COVID was over for surgery. did not use my cane again, nor did I have any serious pain. In March of the next year, I finally had to have my knee replaced. Nine months, the Lord kept me going bone on bone. The surgeon said he had never seen a knee in that bad a condition before. He was amazed that I was still able to walk on it let alone not have pain. So don't don't make your prayers half-hearted. Pray earnestly and persistently. Then Paul adds, with thanksgiving. Now that's a hard one to remember. Sometimes when we're really hurting, thanksgiving is, is not usually on our minds. How can we be thankful for the loss of a job, for serious health issues? and for the loss of a loved one. But Paul tells us we need to be thankful in everything. And that's part of everything. So even our worst, we can be thankful to God that he is with us and is giving us strength to get us through the trials and tribulations of this life. Jesus told us we would have trials and tribulations in this world. But he said to fear not for I have overcome the world. He is there to help us through that. We may not be thankful for our health problems or our loss of a job, but we can thankful that Je- be thankful that Jesus is there with us to help us through that. Then Paul says, let your requests be made known to God. Well, doesn't God already know what's going on in our lives? He knows everything about us. He knows what we need, what we want but it can help us to put our requests into words so that we can better understand just what it is we're asking of God. By letting our requests be made known to God, we're actually giving our cares to Him. Then Paul shares this promise, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. God grants us peace in all our difficulties. He may not change our circumstances or our hurting, but he can give us peace to get through it. He will give us the strength to endure all trials and tribulations. Peter reinforces what Paul teaches in 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7, which reads, Humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares. Well, let's get back to the cause of worrying. He said, fear of the unknown or uncertainty. Fear Fear is another tactic of Satan. And I think we sort of know what the Bible tells us about fear. The phrase, do not be afraid or fear not, appears in the Bible over 300 times. And no, I'm not going to quote all 300 plus verses. That sigh of relief you just heard came from my wife, Elaine. Um, But here are a few. Isaiah 41.10, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Joshua 1.9, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Psalm 55:22 Cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Psalm 94:19 When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. Psalm 138 8. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the works of your hands. In Romans 831. What then shall we say about these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Now I did read this definition a while back about worrying it struck stuck with me. Worry is a conversation you have with yourself about things you cannot control. Prayer is a conversation you have with God about things he can control. That's worth repeating. Worry is a conversation you have with yourself about things you cannot control. Prayer is a conversation you have with God about things he can control. Now, Paul also tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, and 18, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, there's that everything again, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. What if we turned every worry around and made it a prayer? And what if we prayed it without ceasing. Now, if you haven't accepted Jesus as your Savior, please, phone number there, there it is. Please text or call me. I would love to tell you how Jesus changed my life and how He can change yours as well. Let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, We thank you for your word, for it instructs us, it teaches us, it comforts us. Lord, you have told us not to worry, not to be afraid. You've told us we'll face trials and tribulations. You've told us that you'll be with us to help us through them. You've told us you'll never leave us nor forsake us, Lord. Help us to trust in you with all our hearts and lean not on our own understanding. And help us acknowledge you in all things, Lord, so that you shall direct our paths. I'm so grateful for the blessings you bestow on us and how you lead us and comfort us. Thank you, Lord, in your holy and precious name. Amen.